0: Wonderful. Thank you, Lee. Um, so, um, I'm going to talk a lot more about hands at work, um, in a moment. Um, but as you can see, I've got Emily with me. Um, so, um, Emily is one of, uh, four teenagers who is joining us on our trip, um, in the coming months. And so this isn't going to be like a Jerry Paxman election style grilling. Um, but, um, just thought we'd take the opportunity to hear from Emily. So, um, got a couple of questions. It's been very well rehearsed. So go with us on this. Um, so. First things first, Emily, what made you want to come to Zambia? Um,
1: Well, I just wanted to learn about a new culture and um, meet new people, I think, yeah.
0: And um, the great thing that Emily is doing is the whole family are coming, um, and that's something that um, Kat and I are really excited about as we're putting our trip together. So what was it as a family that made you want to come together?
1: um well my dad 's been interested in hands at work for quite a while, and so after discussing with my mum, he asked if Christopher and I wanted to come with a, with them or with my dad and we said yes and and then um so it kind of came from there but also i 'm not very good when my family are away; I always miss them, so it solves that problem as well. <laughs>
0: probably brings some other problems, but we'll work through that later on. So um, so it's getting closer. We're less than two months away from going. Um, what is it that you're most excited about and what is it that you're most nervous about?
1: Um, I'm most excited about um, seeing new people going to a different country, um, but equally I'm nervous about it, that as well because these it's, it's a new place, it's a new continent, and so... It, do we be nervous about sort of just embracing it all, I think. Yeah.
0: And what are you hoping and praying and expecting God to be doing in your life as you go on this trip?
1: Um, I think he'll definitely give me more confidence for when I come back um, to Nottingham to talk to people at school about going there. Uh, maybe if... Maybe doing an assembly at school, so then people can know what people are doing. That a group of people have gone to Zambia and um, gone to help people. And um, but I also think that it will also, whilst I'm there, give me an idea of what I would like to do in the future, whether I want to look after people in other countries or here.
0: Okay, and then last question. Um, you know, we stood before our church family this morning. What's, what can we be asking everyone in this room this this morning to be praying for you and your family uh, over the next coming weeks and months?
1: I think for my family, it's definitely, as I said before, embracing the new um, environment, the new culture. Um, so I, I think just um, thinking about us and praying for us about that, but also maybe to... Um, Look at what Hands at Work do as a whole, because they're—they don't just—they're uh, not just in Zambia; they're in South Africa as well and other countries. So, going on the website and having a look would also be good.
0: Thank you very much, guys. Give uh, Emily a hand. Okie doke. Um, so um, now our young people are going to head out, but before you all um, bolt for the doors, um, let's just uh, take a moment to pray. Uh, Father, we, um, we look at Emily and uh, the other teenagers, our young people who are joining us on this trip, and we thank you for um, their uh, excitement, their inspiration, and their willingness to follow you and step out in this exciting way. And I pray, God, that as our young people go out this morning, that they would really meet with you in their groups, in their sessions, in their activities. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be with them, that you will be drawing them closer to yourselves, that they'd know more of your love and your grace this morning. Amen. Amen. Guys, if you want to head for your activities, that'd be great. And whilst you do that, I'm actually also going to run away and get my, laptop, uh, my iPad as well. I had this fear for a moment that Joshua just grabbed it and gone for a walk with it or something. <laughs> okay, so hopefully you can all see the screen. I'm going to just be showing lots of photos over the next 20 minutes or so. So um, I'm going to give you just like 30 seconds or so if you need to move seats. There's lots in the middle, but lots more on the side. So um, hopefully you can see the screen. Uh, before I kind of really go into the detail of how Hands works and what our trip looks like, um, I think there's really something uh, in the fact that I'm talking to you this morning after I guess what has just been a really exhausting week. Um, I'm sure there are many of us in this room who are probably just simply exhausted, overwhelmed when we look at the news, current affairs, the election, politics, and we haven't even really heard this much uh, this week about Donald Trump, so um, we've, we've all been a bit distracted. Um, I had a look at my uh, Twitter feed um, over uh, as I was preparing for this morning, and I just had a quick look at like, the last few things that I'd retweeted, what was it that I'd been talking about. Obviously election issues, um, I was very balanced in my uh, sceptical comments towards Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn, um, there was an election inspired sarcastic comment about Arsenal Football Club, which I mainly tweet for Lee's attention, um, just so he can feel some pain. There was um, a video of a particular football goal that I thought was quite beautiful. Um, There were some statistics deriding the state of my own team. Um, And then there was also this uh, quite humorous quip um, that we should feel sorry for the poor soul who had to explain the concept of a hung parliament to Donald Trump. (laughs) As I was reflecting on my Twitter feed, um, my main thought was life life comes out as fast. And... I think about our preparation for our, our trip to Hands at Work. I uh, reflect on CATS and, and my past involvement with this organisation. And I think about the idea that God has really put this on our heart. He's put this as a passion. Um, and, and you know we're really still reflecting on whether, what, what this means in terms of God's calling on our life. But life comes at us fast. Those distractions, those demands, they're there. They're on our time. They're right, in, they're right on our screens. They're in our faces so easy to get distracted so this morning for me personally it was a little, a little bit about perspective um, and I hope um, you know as I talk through a little bit about the work that hands do maybe it will provide you guys with a bit of perspective as well and maybe you'll be inspired maybe you'll be challenged um, maybe you'll be non I don't know but I pray that God will kind of be at work his holy spirit will be here and he'll just kind of be starting to move in our hearts so let me kind of tell you about what we're doing this is the motley crew that are heading out, um, seven weeks yesterday. So if you're in the room, can you just stand up, give us a twirl, give us a wave. So as you can see, we've got the Townsend family, um, which obviously we've heard from memory. We've got Natasha, we've got Imogen, and then Kat and Joshua, um, and the Dan family. Colin's somewhere saving lives, I'm sure, um, as is Ellen. Um, so uh, take a you guys. So I've got them to stand up. Thank you. <laughs> Put those faces on your on your brain. Talk to these guys over the next coming weeks. As we talked with Emily, what is it that we can be praying for these guys? So these guys are heading out 7 weeks time. We're going to Zambia as is quite obvious by now. So I don't know how your job is. Zambia right in the middle down south. And then we're heading to a community called Malakota. So I want to talk to you a little bit briefly about Malakota, just so you have some understanding of the role Hands at Work plays there. Just to help you visualise, this is a very average, typical scene of Malakota. It is dry grass. um, That is the road system, the road network there. Um, it's, It's a very typical scene. This is a very typical homestead. So plots of land... Uh, basic structures, um, straw, dried grass, sticks, wood uh, for animal compounds and so on. So where we are, um, we're about an hour away from the nearest city. Um, those roads obviously don't travel well. And as you walk around a place like Malakota, um, you really sense that this is a place where there is just nothing. There is just nothing. There are no signs, there are no advertisements, there is... Literally nothing. What you see is you see the elderly and you see children. Most people of working age have, have left. Um, quite often family breakdowns um, mean that either parent um, has, has already left that family, gone to the city, never heard of, never seen, and the remaining family member is then in the position where they're obviously then looking to uh, provide food. The infrastructure, as you saw just on those two pictures, isn't there. So there aren't any other NGOs, there aren't any other charities at work. There isn't the infrastructure to support their work. The way that Hans talk about communities like this is to think of the, the, the ladder that we have in society. So if we were to go down the road that one hour into the city... There might be kids who might be getting an education and they might be getting their foot on the bottom rung of the ladder so that they can then start to make progress. The reality is that the children left in this community in Malacota, they're not even on the bottom rung of the ladder. And the reality is they actually won't ever be. So the basic education, providing a meal a day, providing basic health care is a, is a right that they have but it's to provide dignity in their current context, very rarely to actually help them step up and out of poverty. Now, that sounds desperately hopeless, but at this point, let me introduce you to Joyce. So this is Joyce. Um, she is a truly remarkable woman. Um, so here she is. She's with her uh, husband. And so by Malakota standards, they're relatively wealthy. So um, he uh, is an ex-policeman uh, from in the city, and so they have a police pension, so by wealthy Malakotan standards, this is their house. So on the right-hand side, that's their main uh, like their living room with just like their bedroom off to the side. And then here you've got some other kind of structures, which are essentially bedrooms for some children. And then you've kind of got other kind of ki- open kind of kitchen compounds and things like that, and, and, and animals and things like So let's go back to Joyce. The way that hands work is that they've identified her long, long ago as being a Mother Teresa-like figure. We all know, I trust we all know Mother Teresa. She has been caring for a long time for the orphaned, the vulnerable children in her community. She was doing that long before hands at work were on the scene, long before there was any structure, long before there was any charity uh, making its presence known. The way that she's been working is that Throughout the last 10, 20 years when the HIV aids crisis has created a whole generation of orphans she has responded to the biblical mandate to care for those who are destitute, to care for the poor, to care for the orphaned. She was doing that. Now she lives in the same place. She's had the same problems. When it doesn't rain she has the same food insecurities, the same crop problems. She's no different in that sense. But because of Jesus working in her life, she has made the sacrifice that she will go and care for others. So the role Joyce now plays, as she's been identified as this Mother Teresa-like figure, is hands at work have gone, we really want to support you in what you're doing. What you're doing is great and amazing. And so Joyce now leads um, a community-based organisation, which is populated by some of these people, this is about a third of them, and these are, these are our care workers. And these people are absolutely critical to the role of hands at work and they're critical uh, to what we will go and do. Because actually what we will go and do is very little beyond encouraging and advising um, that these guys are doing a great job. That these guys are, are responding to God's call and just try to give them that encouragement. These guys yesterday, today... And tomorrow, we'll go out and care for those orphan children and those most vulnerable in Malakota. So what do they do? They do what Hands at Work called holy home visits. So the care workers, they go out into the homes of their neighbours, they knock on, and they see what's going on. How can they help? What are the needs? It might be that... It's a child-led household, and the care workers are supporting them through uh, basic education and helping an 11-year-old look after their uniform, look after their workbooks, because without any other kind of uh, adult guidance, they don't know what they're doing. I wouldn't have known what I was doing at 11. It might be that they go into a household where um, there is a grandmother perhaps caring for uh, a number of children, and maybe the grandmother has fallen ill and can't cook the, whatever food they do have that night. So maybe they'll get involved with a little bit of uh, odd jobs around their home. Maybe they'll do a bit of sweeping. It might be that they're simply visiting the home of somebody who is ill to the point where they're dying, and to pray for them, and to be uh, that support network for those children who are then having to look after the home I'd really encourage you to talk to some of the people you've just seen on those photos. So, you would have seen Kat, you would have seen Will and Josie. They've been on home visits before. Do ask them what their home visit looked like. Sometimes it's just about sharing the journey. This was a picture that we took in 2011 uh, when Rich came with us to South Africa. So, this was on the border of South Africa and Swaziland so very high up in the mountains. And I still to this day find this picture really challenging. Um, So in this community, um, the children with their one pair of, of clothing, they would walk to school in the morning, they would walk through the dewy grasslands, like I said, high up in the mountains, and they'd be soaking wet by the time they got to school. So then they'd spend all day drying off, only to then have to walk back, and we're talking hours' walk. And I love the fact that at this very moment, Rich, you know, I'd love you to ask Rich what was going through his mind as to why he did this. But I love the fact that he just thought, I'll pick this kid up over this little bit of boggy, boggy grassland. That child, on that very occasion, did not have to walk through that. On some of my own home visits, I've walked for hours with these care workers. And obviously I'm thinking, you do this every day. So back to Malakota, Um, these are some of the care workers that we know. Um, By this point, I think we've walked already for about 30, 45 minutes. This was only about halfway, I think it was, over the next set of hills, over the next valley. And this is uh, the bridge that crosses the river in Malakota when there's water, of course. On the journey, we get to talk to the care workers, find out their stories. Like I said with Joyce, they live in the same environment, they live in the same community. They have the same challenges and problems themselves. They need encouragement that they're doing a great job. In this particular home visit, we went to see some children who, by the fact that they live on the other side of the river, they really struggle for half a year to get any food or any education, because they cannot cross the river. When the waters do come, it's totally cut off. And so there are care workers who live on the other side of the river, who maybe hold like, open sessions in, in, in yards and gardens, let's call them, um, and, and do a little bit of basic teaching, trying to find a way to get food to those households. On this home visit, we arrived at uh, the house. Um, you can just begin to kind of see, uh, in this photo, you've got a number of the care workers that we were on the journey with, We've got the grandmother who sat at the bottom at the front. And on this home visit, she actually had a relative at the top left. Um, And you begin to see probably about um, half of the children that were in this household are in the photo. So on this particular home visit, we arrived. Um, She was suffering from an infection in her legs. That really meant she couldn't get up, basically. So the children, they have been to school. They thankfully had a meal that day. Um, But they then have to come home. And as you can see, they're really young. And they're then having to take ownership of all the jobs around the house. We arrived, and um, she was peeling um, some yam-like, potatoy kind of vegetable. Um, I couldn't recall exactly what it was, but she just offered us the hospitality, and we sat together and we ate, which is obviously an amazingly humbling experience when somebody who has very little is offering you what they have. And we talked, and we prayed, and the home visit works. Like I said, to identify the children in the community who need support, but also the encouragement that the care workers bring. And in our visit, we'll provide encouragement to everybody in that sense. So, one of the most amazing things that I've found about Hands at Work is that you sit in an environment like this, and they're staggered that we went to see them. So, we say, We are fellow believers. We're part of the global church. Actually, I really felt God saying I should be coming to Zambia on this trip, as I'm sure some of these team guys will do. And these guys will be amazed that God sent us to go and visit them, to find out their name, to find out their story, and to come back and share. So through these home visits... The care workers have then identified who the vulnerable children are and they then set up a care point. So in Malakota, it's beginning to take a bit of structure, a bit of, a bit of physical form. And so the, at the moment, there's 100 children in Malakota um, who are receiving a meal a day because they, wouldn't, they would not otherwise have a guaranteed meal a day. There's the opportunity to grab some food. And all we do there is serve we join in with what the care workers are doing. We sing, we worship together. don't know if you can quite make out in the photo, but I managed to hold quite an audience just teaching noughts and crosses. And actually one thing to point out in this photo is that this guy on the bottom left, he's a care worker, not a child there is definitely a sense in these communities that children have not been able to be children. And so then they reach this adulthood age and they love the opportunity to play because they never played. As you can see, we use some empty water bottles to play like some basic under-over games. I don't know if you have any memories of playing those at children's birthday parties, things like that. You can see Will was loving it in the back. And then Prince William, I mean Dave, um, was, was on the scene. <laughs> as much as uh, we got the opportunity to play some games, they got to teach us some of their games. The encouragement that the children take, just the same as the holy home visits, is that we went to be with them. We went to find out their stories. We went to pray with them. And we said, we will go back to our communities, our churches, and we will come and speak of you. Why do we do this, though? Throughout Scripture, there is a really clear biblical mandate that the believer is to care for the orphan, the poor, and the vulnerable. I could have brought up slides and slides of of passages in Scripture, just three. The instruction in that Proverbs passage is about speaking, to speak up for those who have no voice. When I think about those in our world who have no voice, I instantly think to maybe some of those people in Malakota. They do not have a voice. And so the work of Hands at Work is twofold. It's on the ground in Africa. It's about identifying the vulnerable children. It's about identifying the care workers and supporting them who have rights learn to do rights, seek justice defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow so on the ground Hans are doing they're investing in local communities so that these community based organisations are locally run, they're sustainable they're long term and effective and then the other side of the role of Hans at Work is the bit that involves us as the international church standing alongside the church in Malakota, the role of hands is to encourage us to step into our responsibilities, to recognise our biblical mandate just as much as that they have responded. And the challenge for us is whether we will take up the cause of the orphan, to plead the case of the widow. If you look at the 1 John passage, you see the question of how can the love of God be in that person? Psalm 89 introduces us to the concept that righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. That the two are inextricably linked. The righteousness that has been restored to us in our relationship with God... Commands that we show justice to those around us. Are our lives characterized by justice? Whether that's in Africa, whether that's in West Bridgeford, whether that's in our places of employment, whether that's in our passions and the things that God's called us to. This is the International Church standing together. So we were with some of the care workers. Uh, We held what we call a care worker appreciation day. We make it about them. We treat them. We bless them. We pray for them. This is church, just as much as here we are today. And as I said earlier, the biggest takeaway for these guys from our trip is not that we maybe went and did something, but that we went and stood alongside them, that we pounded their neighborhood that we got on our knees and we got our hands dirty, but we did it in the name of Jesus because we have responded to his call and the biblical mandate for us to care for the destitute and the orphans. The benefit is that it restores hope. The kingdom of God is characterised by hope. I've seen many photos. I've got many photos of my own. I've looked in the whites of the eyes of children and you can see that there is no hope. But there are children that are being served by these care workers where hope is being introduced, where the kingdom of God is breaking through again. So what's our response to that? Individually, as a congregation... These are the three things that Hands at Work place a real emphasis on. So, obviously, the first is to come. They uh, they say that maybe we need Africa more than Africa needs us. So, obviously, it's great. We've got an opportunity. To, there's twelve of us going. There's guys in this congregation who've been before in previous years. The opportunity to, like I said, pound these neighbourhoods, know people's stories, so that we can then come back and be advocates. That we can tell their stories. That we can share their trials, their tribulations, and speak of how God is at work through the care workers, restoring hope. And then, of course, that we may pray for them, individually, collectively. So as we think about our trip coming up at the start of August, I would, of course, like to add to that to encourage you as a church to think about giving uh, to our trip to Hands at Work So over the next few weeks, uh, we've got a series of events. Um, We are doing various fundraising efforts. So if you've not bought cake already this morning, please take some, because there's a lot of cake left. (laughs) We are putting on a number of events. Um, So if you're involved in Tiddlers, Junior Church, um, then do come and speak to different members of the team. Find out about these teddy bear picnics, film days, and things like that. And then Colin and I are going on a walk in the Peat District. And I was with some hands-at-work uh, friends yesterday, and I actually just felt really convicted that I should be doing this walk without eating. Um, you know, Colin and I were like, oh, we'll walk around Edale, we'll get some lunch here. And I was thinking about some of these children that walk hours to go get water, to go get food. And actually, I was like, I can do that. So please do sponsor us. Please do feel free to give. You can give to us in person, or you can give to us online. Um, so we are looking to still raise about £1,500. That will cover uh, the remaining costs of our trip. But built into that figure is um, a significant amount is to be able to leave a donation with hands at work that will directly go to the Malakota community so that they can keep providing those children with a meal a day and the basic health care and education I don't really just want to end on giving, so I just want to return to the idea of hope. If this is something that inspires you, that stirs you, um, that maybe kind of is captivating your heart a little bit, then I really would encourage you to reflect upon Paul's words in Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 1 where he encourages us to live lives worthy of the calling that are set before us. If that, for you, is a, is a desire and a passion to work with the poor, to give a voice to the voiceless, whether that's Africa, as I said, or whether that's at home in a different way, then please do let God uh, work within you this morning to speak to you. My prayer is that you'll think about what your response is. It might not be that we all go. Maybe there are still many of us out there who do still want to come. But will you be an advocate? Will you find out the person's name? Will you find out their story? Let me just end with a really quick quote that I read. Saying, poverty is a massive problem, but the vision of the kingdom of God is equal to it. Poverty is a massive problem, but the vision of the kingdom of God is equal to it in the kingdom of God there is hope
2: that's great Graham, before you go do you want to um, put the photo of the team up again please it was the first one okay great um Thank you. Um, be good to pray for Graham and the team. I've got that handheld mic here. Around me doing a prayer from the front. It would be lovely if one or two people if you just stick your hand up. I'll bring the microphone over to you, and you can pray on our behalf uh, for, for the team. So um, we can do this. So if you just uh, stick your hand up, I'll bring the microphone over, and uh, we'll pray for these guys. Thanks, Christina.
3: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our lives belong to you, and you love for us to share them with others. We ask that you will bless this team who are all stepping out um, in their non-comfort zone, going to a different country, far away, different medical challenges. Father, we ask for your protection on them. We pray for the practicalities that need to fall into place. We ask for um, safety on flights, for safety on the roads, and we know they'll need that. We pray, Heavenly Father, for, them, for you to build them together and prepare them together as a team. In your name, Amen.
2: And, uh, I'll bring the uh, microphone over.
3: Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the six children that are going on this trip. And I pray for your particular um, blessing and protection on them. I thank you for the four teenagers, um, Natasha, Imogen, Emily, and Christopher. I thank you for their um, willingness to push themselves outside of their comfort zone. I thank you that they are a role model for their peers. And I pray, Lord, that you would work in a really mighty way in their lives, that you would challenge them. And I thank you, Lord, that you are inspiring the leaders of the future who are going to continue to build your kingdom. And I pray for Joshua and Caleb, Lord, um, two names that go together in the Bible. And we pray for these precious little people, Lord, that you would protect them and that they will be a blessing to the people that they meet. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: And Lord, we pray for the community of Malakoto. Pray for those uh, care workers there. Pray for church leaders there. Pray for those who coordinate uh, the work there. And Lord, we ask your blessing upon them. Lord, would you uh, provide for them, provide for all their needs, Lord. Uh, protect them, we pray. Keep them safe. Uh, inspire them with hope and a fresh, a fresh vision. And uh, Lord, we know this community is precious to you because every life is precious to you. And we pray that you would, you would just watch over them, Lord. I pray for the team uh, going out, that they would have everything that they need. You provide for all of their needs out of your great richness. Uh, Lord, we pray that you protect them, that you keep them safe, uh, that they would arrive safely and they would return safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.